There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to episode 53 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, the podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we'll be discussing episode 2 of season 2 of The Magicians. Okay, because I want to squee, but... <laughs> I'll wait. Okay. So, well, you got some ratings news for us, though. Yes, the season two premiere outperformed its season one debut in the ratings across all demos and even doubling last year's social conversation with an estimated 327mm Twitter impressions. Nice. Nice, yes. And the ratings for the this episode was a 0.4 in adults 18 to 29 with 0.944 million viewers, and it was the 18th overall cable show for the night. That's good. That's yes. really good. Wow. Including all the sports shows. <laughs> that's usually so, what kills us, but that's right. Awesome. Yes, and even despite the drop, though, the series is still up from its first season after. That's great. And I know, like, we've been talking about really pushing the social media aspect of it, because they were on and they were talking to us. Like Arjun Gupta, who plays Penny, he answered me a couple different times. Yes. Um, he's like super active. Who else was on? Olive, wait, Olivia. Olivia yeah. yeah. And Summer. Mm-hmm. Summer Bichelle. Yep. Yeah. Those are the ones that I seen like come up quickly and, you know, and often. So I don't know if any of the other guys, cause I think some of the other ones do West Coast. Right. Cause I want to say Hale was doing West Coast and possibly, oh, what is his name? Is it Jason Ralph? I always screw it because he's got it weird on his Twitter. <laughs> so, Quentin, yes. I think they do West Coast normally, but they've been incredible talking to all of their fans. So, you know, keep up the good work and make sure you guys, you know, tag them. And the writer's room were answering us. And I believe you were, were you tweeting West Coast this time? Yeah. So, yeah, the writer's room, I know, answers like all the time. And the official sci-fi or magician sci-fi was talking to us, too. So, see, West Coast, East Coast, whatever you guys are watching, they are watching and talking. So make sure you guys are talking with them. And actually, Arjun was doing both. I seen that later. He was answering uh, some of our friends on the West Coast. They popped up. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's get into episode two, Hotel Spa Portion. In the aftermath of their clash with the Beast, Quentin and his friends scramble for a new plan, while Julie and the Beast strike a dangerous deal. Okay, I said it last season, I said it last episode, Julia's working my nerves. (laughs) I know where she's coming from, I understand that, but it's like, I just feel like she's slipping more and more. Although, this episode, I don't know, it was a little iffy because the Beast, I think, was just getting on her nerves. Yeah. Because he was singing. I'm like, is he breaking out in Broadway tunes? What is going on? (laughs) Like the whole episode. And, oh, I don't have the guy's name who actually plays him. 
I want to know, has he done, like, Broadway? He has to with that voice. I know. That was, like, a really good voice. He was belting out there. And and I don't know if those were original tunes or what. I mean, I hope somebody can tell us. (laughs) What did you think of that? Yeah, it was um, very unexpected. And for him to keep it up that long, that was very impressive. It was. I would, I'm trying to look up really quick to see if he happened to, uh, well, I don't know if it's going to tell me on IMDb if he was in Broadway, but he's been in a lot of stuff. But yeah, I don't see any kind of broad, I don't know if they would actually put that on his IMDb. I should probably just Google that, which maybe I will while we're talking, you know, who knows? But his name is Charles Measure. He was really good. I, that's all I can say. So what did you think <laughs> about the way he was acting this this episode. It really threw me off. Either he knows something, and because of what he knows, it just made him so happy he felt like singing all the time, which I tend to think that's probably what it is, is he's he thinks he's on top of the world right now because he's got everybody on the run. But, yeah, it was very <laughs> – after a while, it does get annoying. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because, you know, towards the end, when they finally kind of come to a conclusion, when they're like, okay, we're going to go kill a god. Julia's like, well, yeah, to start with, because you're just going to get on her nerves to the point where she is going to break her contract with you. Just stab the hell out of you. (sighs) I don't know. But it was kind of interesting because he ends up bringing somebody else into the mix that we haven't seen for a bit. Right. Marina. And really surprised with that because I didn't know if we were going to see her again this season at all. Right. Yeah, I figured if anything, he would be going after uh, Casey. Mm-hmm. But no, he went after Marina, and Marina was none too happy about it. That's kind of funny, too, because she even tried to, like, get away and, like, hide, basically. Well, Julia kind of let her go, but... Yeah, Julia let her go, and she made a beeline to... The West Coast hedge witch leader, and when she got there, too late. That was something yeah. else. Yes. So immediately she goes to break bills, and Fog isn't having nothing to do with her either. That actually surprised me a little bit. Knowing that the Beast wanted her so badly, I kind of thought that Fog might keep her there. Not necessarily under the same pretense that she wanted him to be, wanted him to have her there, but. Right. I yeah, know. I don't really think he, Professor Fogg has the whole story of what uh, was going on with Julia and um, Renard. Well, yeah, I don't think Quentin has filled him in. No, not had time. Because, well, I mean, we're kind of jumping right to Fogg, but as you know, last episode, we ended with them trying to go back to break bills. They went yes. back and they find Dean Fogg, who was just kind of hanging out. He didn't seem too surprised, but he kind of was. He's like, oh, you're alive. Okay. How pleasant. It's like, shouldn't you be a little happier that your students are alive and the beast isn't just going to be running totally amok, that there's a chance? I don't know. Well, unless he's noticed that there's things changing in our world as well, as far as magic goes. What do you think he's seeing is changing? Because, I mean, the break bills is still there. They still have all of their protections up. Right. So what is it that you think he's seen? 
Well, I don't know. That, that, that was what I was saying was unless he does see something, but that we don't see yet, that we don't see okay. yet. Interesting. Cause he does make the comment that, yeah, if magic dies in Fillory, it dies in on, on earth too. Hopefully Julia can at least keep him busy long enough. And I'm thinking that Quentin knows that the reason that Julia has taken the beast and trying to get him to do what she needs him to do, it's going to buy them some time, even though that's not Julia's plan. Right. But I think Quentin realizes that is going to help them, which is why I feel like he wasn't as like down on her as the rest of them were. Now, we, we know that they don't all know the situation. Right. And in fact, Quentin doesn't know everything. No, he doesn't. I was like, because he didn't know about, I'm going to say this now because we don't really have anything saying no. We don't know if she could be pregnant. Right. And so, I mean, she he knew about the rape, but I don't think everybody else did, right? Because I'm trying to right. remember that. Just that he was atta- she was attacked and assaulted or something. Right. So, I mean, obviously they'd been friends for ages, so Quentin's going to give her the benefit of the doubt anyway, which we see later. He tries. Right. <laughs> and she, this is at the point when I wanted to slap the hell out of her anyway. Right. But, uh, I don't know. It's leaving me with so many questions already, and I know we're only in episode two. Right. But it's like, I want to just try to figure out where they are headspace-wise. And I've totally, like, gone off on a tangent. So please, take us back to where we <laughs> should be. <sighs> well, I mean, yeah. You know, after Fog punts Julia, uh, Marina out of um, Bright Bills. She goes back to Julia and says, okay, let's do this. So she's on board now. I think it's like, all right, let me, if I'm close to it, maybe I can save myself. That's how I'm looking at it. If she knows what's coming, she doesn't have to be too worried. Right. He's not. Renard is not going to be able to sneak up on her. Yeah. And the odds of three of them against a god are probably a little bit better than just her against a god, so. But I I must have missed it. Why did did the Beast think that Renard would want Marina so badly? Oh, that she was a very cute and powerful witch. Okay. He goes after the hot ones. Oh, jeez. Now, speaking of headspace. <laughs> yes. We find out that Elliot has definitely... Um, Gotten out of his normal headspace in this episode. <laughs> oh, poor Elliot. It's been rough because his queen does tell him, you know, people are starving. Yeah, it's great. You want to do this, but, you know, people are starving. And he's like, all right, we'll just, you know, pop up some magic. And she's like, no, you can't do that. And he seemed really taken aback. And I, for a minute, had forgotten that we had learned what his past was last right. season. And then when he realizes it and he starts vocalizing, you know, oh, great, I got to deal with where I came from. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot he said he grew up on a farm. And, well, that's a whole different thing. And I think that's surprising a lot of people in Fillory. You know, oh, absolutely. Kind of at the same moment, we flip back to the Beast and Julian. This one we find out he put a curse on the castle or the throne, something in regards to... The kings and queens of Fillory. Right. But he can't remember what it is. No. But nobody has survived it yet. But flip back to Elliot, who is trying to figure out how to do things, because he grew up, like I said, on a farm, so he knows what he has to do. 
And one of the things he starts talking about is fertilizing, and everybody's looking at him like he's growing additional heads. Right, because <laughs> none of them had ever yeah. really farmed. It was all magic. So this is interesting, and I think this is because of Elliot and what he is known, and because he's not trying to do it all magic, this is whatever is going to break the curse. This is my opinion, right. of course. I know nothing. Right. But because it's yes, a whole different is... way, I, I feel like, and this is, of course, just making crap up right now. The curse has something to do with the people resenting the king for not doing, you know, enough for them and trying to only use magic. I think that's where it's kind of coming from. And somehow the people, like, revolt every time. And it's all based on that curse. But because he's doing something completely different and making them basically get out there and farm and use horses and fertilizer in their hands, that right. it's going to... Like, totally flip the whole thing upside down. Yes. Yeah. I need to watch this, like, four or five times, because when you're live tweeting, it's really hard to catch everything. Right. But, uh, yeah, Elliot wanted a little adult time after everything with his his queen and a few dozen of his closest, <laughs> you know, castle mates. I don't know. She, she was really cool about it, but she's like, oh, okay, well... And, like, Elliot's like, oh, no, 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 they're all together. They're all fine with it. And she just, like, looks at him with that, shaking her head slightly, like, oh, you're the king. They're going to be okay with anything, duh. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. So he sends him away. And, so, so, and, again, you know, we find out that he's not supposed to have any relations with anyone else once right. he's married. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. if somehow this would have again, caused something, like, if this curse is, like, this big, all-encompassing kind of thing. So I'm wondering if this would have done something horrible. But thankfully, well, it didn't. I don't know if it would have. It depends, because he made the comment that, yeah, they would be watching them, and then they could watch the others. It wasn't, he didn't put it out there like it was a normal orgy like he's used to. Ah. So even he realizes that, no, he can't have relations with anybody but her. But, of course, that without easing his way into it, it's going to be a little difficult. Yeah, right. You're going from, okay, she hasn't been with anybody. You're, she's now married in Queen. And, oh, hey, guess what we're going to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a little bit much. So at least he kind of backed off on that. So... I don't know. What do you think is going to be happening with Elliot? I really do think that we are going to see such a major change in him over this season that we won't recognize him once the season is over. Oh, I don't know if that's good or bad. I know. I, I really think that he is going to evolve into this really great king mm -hmm. where he's almost going to become Arthurian. Oh, wow. So just completely opposite of what his personality was last season. Oh, wow. That'll be a really cool thing to see if that's what that's what happens. Because obviously we love Hale, but I, I love Hale. I don't want to see anything bad, and I definitely don't want to see him go dark. Right. Because, oh, oh, my gosh, I think that would just destroy me. <laughs> and I think that would really mess up Margo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Margo's going to have a real difficult time. Adjusting to these changes. Let's talk about. And especially if it goes dark. Oh yeah. Let's talk about Margot for a second. She had some great lines. She wasn't in it a ton. Right. But, you know, obviously she's there when they get back to 
break bills and they're like, all right, let's go find the cottage. And she's like, oh, yeah, we hit it to try to get rid of the first years. That was my idea. And then she busts open the door when they do find it. And she's like, yeah, we're alive. Bitches, deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was dying because it was just so, just so Margot. (laughs) Yes. And then, like, later on, you know, she has some great, you know, liners when they're trying to figure stuff out. Because, of course, the whole reason that they're back at Break Bills is to try to find battle magic. Right. Which they start getting information, finally. But she, like, throws that. Oh, yeah. She, you know, this, she answers this question and answers that. And they're looking at her like they can't believe she got it. She's like, what? It's yeah. common sense. So I loved her. And I really think that I want interaction between Margot and this character that we did meet, but Margot didn't. Bigby. Right. So I don't know if we should jump there. Let's back it up a little because I like to jump ahead. But, oh, my gosh, everybody who's watched this episode, I know you guys were we had to be thinking the same thing, that Margot and Bigby would just be going back and forth. And it would just been like an amazing scene, I think, because these two have like no filter. Right. Loved it. Yes. Well, there's two other couples we need to talk about. And one was a little whoa. And the other was Quentin and Alice. So where would you like to go? Well, let's hit Penny up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he did try to do some hitting up. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. First, he was told everybody to duck because he started swinging wildly. Margo and had then, an idea to mm-hmm. stop his hands. It helped for a little bit. A little bit. But finally, it took Professor Sunderland to uh, try something. Uh, yeah. And off comes the shirt, and he has to tie, she has to tie his hands behind his back and get out the little Chinese oil. And it was kind of getting to the adult time. Yes, it was. And everybody's tweeting, is this Fifty Shades of Magicians? What's happening? (laughs) It was actually quite comical. Although, Arjun (laughs) was saying he, which this is the best tweet back that I had seen. He's like, I bet we'd do it much steamier. I'm like, holy cow. (laughs) And at the end, his hands are fixed. And Sunderland, she's like, oh, maybe after you graduate. So, well, I guess Penny has some uh, motivation now to graduate. Kill the beast and graduate. That was not anything I was expecting, though. No. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, holy crap. And it's kind of funny because I ended up watching this and then The Expanse came on right after and i'm like right so this was kind of a preview of something that happened in the next episode yes what i feel like it's like okay so sci-fi is like let's kind of give them a taste of adult time then we'll get them in the next show and speaking of adult time we sure found out a lot about fog (laughs) in this episode that we did not know before oh again because we find somebody who has no filter oh i loved it yes wow Former professor of battle magic who got expelled because of the decision to no longer teach battle magic. Which we never find out why. Not no, really. Not completely. Something went wrong, and they the board decided to ban it. Mm-hmm. We never really found out what it was that went so horribly wrong. But I bet it had something to do with Fillory. Has to. Yeah, but yeah, Bigby is a pixie. Yes, one of the Fae. Yeah. So you should never truly trust. And if it's by any of the books I've read, you should never eat anything in their presence either. 
that they offer right. you. But that kind of made me worried because, yes, I've read a lot of books that happen <laughs> to have, like, Faye. And I'm like, no, she's offering them cakes. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. But she looked amazing for how old is she supposed to be? 300 years <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't look a day over 30. No. <laughs> but apparently and we her. get to find out how well the uh, uh. grass felt. Uh. <laughs> I say, apparently her and Dean Fogg had a little adult time. Yeah. Underneath a tree a lot, apparently. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, like, is that where he was sitting when they found him? Because that's immediately what I thought about. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, apparently she left clues on where you can possibly find her. They assumed it was the battle and magic. Her book. Yeah, which was kind of funny because. Oh yeah, that was real interesting to see how they had to kind of team up to yeah. uh, try to figure out the clues. And of course, it happens to be Quentin's favorite anagram. Anagram. Yeah, which that was kind of cool. Like they're going through all of them. Like, okay, this is what she said. What could it mean? Here's the possible anagrams. And he just throws out, which happens to be the title, Hotel Spa Portion. Of a book that <laughs> Sunderland remembers knowing that it's there. And sure enough, they find it. And then they got to figure out where she's at. And like I said, we get some great stories. Yeah. Um, Bigby knows that Quentin and Alice are... Together, or they were at least. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, in a whole, wholly uh, non-cool way. She's like, oh, you guys are getting it on a lot, aren't you? It's like, whoa, <laughs> poor Quentin. And actually, poor Alice, too, Alice, because yeah. Alice was even more shy than Quentin. And these two just looked like they were going to sink into the floor. Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad. Uh, but but it, it was even weirder because she knew Alice was juiced up. And she's like, oh, you are with a god. How was it? And it's like, no, no, that's not. It's like, oh, god, how do you explain this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awkward. But then all of a sudden she's like, hmm, you don't have a lot of time. You need to learn this. Because I didn't feel like they really gave her a, a really great explanation. You know, they were trying to tell her why they needed the battle magic. Right. And why they needed this super awesome, awesome spell. But I didn't feel like there was a really great explanation from them. But I think no. that she just realized what's happening. Right. Yeah. Because in her little hints, it's when the time is right, you will come find me. Mm -hmm. And seeing that they showed up, she knew it was desperate. She didn't really need to know the details. It was just, it was desperate. Well, they also find out some pretty big information that, of course, Alice is the only one who's going to be able to do this spell. Right. And and everyone has to be clear, what, 20 feet? Yes. Otherwise, you're going to go boom, disintegrate or whatever. So, okay, like, that's not bad enough. Fog is <laughs> like, all right, listen, we need to give you guys something so you can try to be ready to help distract, because this obviously is going to take Alice a little time. He has a few tricks up his sleeve as well, and they were not pleasant. They were cringeworthy. <laughs> I no. love at least he offered them. He's like, here, drink this. Get really drunk. At that point, <laughs> Why? yeah, you should be questioning, like, oh, crap, we're going to die. What's going on? Yeah. So, yeah, they all get kind of like tattoos, but they were carvings. Right. That represented their name, which was supposed to give them strength and become part of them to make them stronger. Now, I have then... a quick question, though. Did Alice also get this? 
Because I know Margot Quentin and Penny did. But did Alice as well? Or was she just kind of there to witness everything so she knew what was going on? I have a feeling Alice did get it as well, okay. just in case she ran out of juice. I wasn't 100%, which is why I was putting it here. Right. Yeah, I would. my assumption was that she did get it as well. Okay. Yeah, then they got a little more, which made me want to drink. Yeah. <laughs> they got a, was it a Japanese, like, fire demon? Yeah, a Keiko demon. Oh, God. I'm cringing right One now. One time use. <laughs> it's because the other professor pulled the little demon out of the coals. Right. And then he, oh, God, I'm cringing, seriously. And then he had to put it into, well, their name that was carved in their back. Right. And so the thing, like, burrowed in. Well, yeah, he's hot coal demon, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I know I was not the only one cringing with that. I'm doing it now, oh, no. thinking about it, just because it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, that would be just horrible. Yes. But, again. And Quentin screams. Yeah. Even, uh, Enough to give you chills. Right. <laughs> even Margot, he's like, okay, Jacob, because that's not the worst part. <laughs> Right. That's not the worst part. So, again, uh, with her little one-liner, which was awesome. But <sighs> Now, Quentin ends up meeting Julia, and he's like, you got to get clear of the beast. We're going to kill him. And she's like, I need him. It's like, okay, Julia, I understand. I do. But you've got to understand what's going on. And Quentin is yeah, kind of saying the same picture. thing. Yeah. You know, everything is going to die, which makes me wonder. And, again, I pose this to you here. If the magic dies because of the beast, both Fillory and Earth, then wouldn't whatever magic that brought Reynard to where he is now also disappear and he'd be gone? Because he's a god, I would say no. I don't. He doesn't necessarily. I think he feeds on magic just like the beast is feeding on the magic. Okay. So I don't think it would eliminate the gods, shall we say. Okay. Now, yes, it may be a, a, might allow them to just run amok even more. Oh, see, I thought it would pull them back so far because, and I say magic and also say magic in like quote, you know, that people believe. And if you believe hard enough, it's like a type of magic to you. But right. all it, of that's gone. Signaling, uh, <laughs> right. Things come for you just like Julia did. Right. Ugh. She sent up the red flag and said, here I am. Come get me. Yeah, shot up some flares there that didn't help. Right. Okay, I know we bounced around a lot, and there's a lot of craziness happening in this episode. Is there any one thing that you you want to point out to everybody to say, this is super important? No, actually, I I think the Keiko demons are going to be the most important thing that we see, because it sure sounds seems like we're going to battle the demon next episode. I was feeling that, too. I'm feeling that that might be something yeah, that's going to come a they're lot They're going to try to wrap this beast story up pretty quickly, which is going to be, well, I don't know. I guess they could fail again, but the beast gets any more of that well, then it's all over. So See, and this is, I started to talk about it, and then I took a left turn. The moment that Quentin and Julia got together, I feel like this is important, because Quentin talked to her through a mirror, sent like a message. They met, you know, he's trying to warn her, and she's like, screw you. But then she tells him, wait, the beast put a, a curse on the castle, but won't tell me what it is. Right. So I feel like that is really important, and that's going to come back, that even though 
I feel like she's going to try to save the beast so she can get what she wants. Right. That somehow, because she has told Quentin that, that it's holding on to the good, and it's the only thing that's going to to basically try to get her to come back to, like, being a normal person again. Okay. But again, I could um, be completely wrong. I could be wrong in so many ways. Okay, well, they're already ramping this up pretty quick. Like, we don't have to build up. We know what's going on. So it's really interesting the way they're playing into this and pushing it quick. So we're still waiting to see the fawn that they keep showing in the previews that I have still not seen. Right. (laughs) So that should be interesting. So we want to know what you guys think, though, because, of course, Steve and I are not the only ones watching this if we have... 30, wait, was it 327? Yeah, 277, no, 327, whatever MM stands for. Assuming millions, <laughs> at least. Yeah. We got a ton of tweets and this many people watching. I know you guys have, have ideas and you're going to tell us because we want to know. Yes. We, not just on Twitter. You know, let us know how you feel. Please rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform that you're finding us on because we're popping up all over now. Good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. We really do hope you're enjoying the podcast, and we really do want to hear from you. And we want to know if any of you want to come on and join Steve and I and talk about the show because, wow, this is getting good fast. Definitely want to know from you guys who've read the book, like how similar it is or how far off it is, because I know they said there is a bit of a disconnect between Julia's storyline in the book as opposed to the show. But it might be kind of closing the gap now. I don't know. You have to tell me. Right. So you can find everything at www.fangirlzone.com on our contacts page. But our email is fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you tweet with us, FGZ Podcast. And, of course, Steve and I will be tweeting from that and also from our our own accounts, which are also on the Fangirlzone. You can find it. Find our Facebook page and Everything, everything is there. Share your stories with us too. If you have, if, if somebody who I don't know how we could have gotten any further actually has like, and why can't I think of the word? You, you've done the stories on these and you have your own ships. Let us know. We'll totally share it on the website. Yes. Because <laughs> Jess is our person who does all the fanfic. There it is. There's the word. She will read all of it. She'll read it on on the show if you want her to. Or she'll just read, talk about it, and we'll just link it, however you want to do it. Although, seriously, with everything going on, I don't know if there can be too much fanfic out there, because I think they're kind of putting it on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but you tell us. Yeah. So There could be one that we don't know about, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, for this episode of Magicians, I am Sean, fangirl S. And I'm Steve. You're just going to have to trust your king on this one. Come on, lads. Many have farmed a grace with our royal dung. And until next time.